talk about those six books and I'm not sure if there's I, I thought there were seven we'd finished in the past 14 months maybe not but I've got uh, Settling in a Crisis Atomic Habits Compound Effect Checklist Manifesto the seven seven habits of highly effective people and the 15 invaluable laws of growth I'm thinking about uh, one of the laws John quotes Maxwell Maltz in his book Psycho-Cybernetics that you cannot long outperform your self-image. And um, I see that in a lot of the... Well, Herdy, I, I know somebody that you introduced YouTube. He came to one of your YouTube classes about five years ago, four or five years ago. He told me later, well, I just don't like video. And we had a discussion what is about his clients if they like video. And he said, yeah, of course they do. Or some of them do. And I said, so you don't want to advertise market in their space he said, well I kind of like so anyway he came around to it and he started learning video and became it became very proficient at that and you know his image wasn't he wasn't seeing himself doing video it, it, uh, you know that's in part an image issue Uh, invaluable laws of growth for me I really refocused on the law of trade-offs oh yeah lots about making choices and uh, we all get a lot of experience in making wrong choices I mean that's how we get experience and uh, I mean there wasn't wasn't anything new in here which is typical for John but he, the way he packages it the way he emphasizes it it's always valuable <clears throat> And uh, so making those trade-offs, and for me, it's about trading off, um, giving myself more personal time and making sure I'm really focused on the business. Because I, for years, have tried to <clears throat> be the pay it forward. And um, I'm identifying people that, you know, take advantage of that well so I'm having to cut that shorter so free gets shorter and then what God has done with that is let me know the people are genuine and the people just want free and then I use the power of no to tell the people that just want free that it is now no Bertie's laughing, but we've all been there. You know, we've oh, I, 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 you know I, what I'm saying? Bertie, you're so generous. Like, I asked you a question, but 15 minutes later, I got it. Perfect. But you're a trustworthy client. And, yeah, and, but the uh, point is when people are just trying to get something for nothing, right. if there's mutual respect, I'm all over it. I want to help them. But exactly. it's, yeah, it's taking that group that are never, ever going to be your client or want to accept advice and converting that to personal time 
that's a trade-off, and it's a trade-off I'm more than happy to make. Yes, sir. I agree with that. So, I think, Danny, the thing that struck me about that book was in the title more, and that is, is that uh, the idea that there has to be growth, I don't really think growth hit me until I, when I worked for corporations, I didn't think about growth, I just went and did my quotas at my job, but when you get in your own business and you start going through transitions and you start having to think about revamping stuff, then the growth comes in handy because if you're mature enough and you've been growing along with the process, you don't panic. You just kind of reevaluate and growth and maturity uh, is what I learned from that book, right? But the fact if you don't have any growth, you're probably not going to work. It's probably not going to happen. Well, yeah, Hurdy, that's a great point. Um, and and Hurdy, just quickly, if you do everything right, perfectly, like in my business, people still die. They move. They don't need you. They get divorced and married. And they, I mean, you know, things change. It had not in your control. I mean, it's not right. Paul's fault. Someone moved to Harry that, you know, he's the right of insurance. He didn't do anything wrong. So, yeah. I mean, Rob got there. But you, you don't have some growth, then it's, it becomes really tough. Yeah, and it's it's not my fault that uh, that we've become divided on social networks, and people want to get on there and fight more, and they want to have a business on it. So, you know, that's where my decisions come in about what do I have to do to fight through that and grow through that, or figure out what I want to do next. So, yeah, but growth helps you through that. That's my whole point. It it keeps you level headed, and you just kind of go, you know, it's okay. No matter what happens here, I'm smart enough and bold enough to do something new if I have to. And look forward to whatever that is. Uh, Sorry we were rambling there, dude. No, guys, let me, I'm, I'm just sitting here hoping this thing is recording and that we can pick up on it because I've given two talks, one yesterday and one today, and I've got four more to do over the next three weeks. Uh, and the talk is on my four pillars of mastery that uh, I was calling them the four pillars of success and kind of changing it up a little bit. This talk I'm doing on the four pillars of mastery and it's about growth. And the first pillar is building yourself out in front of your business. And, uh, you know, um, um, to your, what you said, Tom, I started thinking about that in um, you, there in the trade-offs you started talking about you know people die this happens that happens but my third third pillar is focus on your potential not your performance well you know my performance was horrible <laughs> in in 2022 not because of what I did Maybe because of that, you or Hurdy said something about choices. It was you, I think, Tom. And uh, attached to that, that I, it's not part of this talk, but it's what I call the 13 choices of sustainable growth. Now, there are books wrapped around all of this, and, uh, of course. and um, But you've got a law of trade-off, trade-offs. And Napoleon, one of the things that I've mentioned today was the... Uh, I mentioned today, I didn't mention yesterday, was... 
that uh, in Napoleon Hill in Think and Grow Rich, you know, one of the six things he said that a person that's that has a great desire and wants to accomplish that desire is one, what do you want? Number two, what are you going to trade to get it? Okay, time, money, uh, uh, energy. So, um, uh, you, you know, ideally you don't trade integrity. Um, and then, um, you know, heard he were, uh, you know, same, right along those same lines and what you, you were saying and about growth and about business back, you know, that first pillar, which is build yourself out in front of your business. And you need to build yourself, your personal growth. Uh, uh, you know, this group today was a group of realtors. Realtors are real big on, um, uh, in, in all of the CE hours, for, for instance, probably you also, Tom, is all about more learning the skill set of being a CPA, something around the skill, the knowledge wow. and the skill of, about that role as a CPA, but not your personal growth, not so much. Now, you got some CE hours for the Global uh, Summit, Leadership Summit, right? Doesn't count. Oh, doesn't count. But you were growing. You, because, but it, it should, yeah. because the, the state board says what's approved. Just like when you do stuff for T Rex, right? It should count. I put this up. I can't remember the author. This author said, "Pick three of these. Look in the chat. Work, sleep, family, fitness, or friends." And this author said, "Okay, go ahead and pick three. It's all you get." It kind of shocked me. There's a whole lot to it. You're like, oh, wait a minute, okay, yeah, you know, um, that's a pretty interesting trade-off, you know, right? Yeah, and I assume he's talking about three at a time, three in any one. three of those five, you don't get all five. You only get three. Well, you got to have sleep. Think about it like, I'm going to work, I'm going to work really hard. You probably have less family time, less yeah. sleep. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've seen this in my career where I go, okay, I'm not getting proper sleep. Why? I'm working too much. Why? I'm working for idiots. Fire the idiots. And so I would leave the project. I mean, it, you know, it, that's what happens. Everybody's laughing, but it's true. Fire them. I'm so with you on that. <laughs> let's jump on to, uh, we come back to any of this, but let's jump on to seven habits. Uh, Tony. I remember um, Tony Cubbage, some of you know Tony, and he was on the first, he was on some of the 15 valuable laws of growth with us, and then he was uh, in the, um, uh, some of the seven habits um, uh, Zoom calls that we had. And his son was in elementary school for three years up in, I guess, Cedar Park? that they use the seven habits um, as a leadership model for the for the teachers in elementary school and they have a program they teach the kids. Um, uh, his, uh, the, the talk we did together on that was really, really good. So um, uh, anybody uh, want to pick up on it, you know, go back to it. It was real good. Um, Synergy. Been really watching the that habit of synergy. Uh, which one it was, but it it, it was 
uh, and, and Tony brought it up today at this at this meeting we had with these realtors. There was a whole lot of synergy in the room. It was well uh, the the broker owner, uh, incredible lady, really cares about her people, really lifted everybody up. You know who I'm talking who would that about, Herbie? Who would that be? Mary. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah. Yeah. I she love was, her. Yep. Yep. She was great. She is good. Yeah. What? Um, sharpen the saw. It kind of leads back to the uh, to uh, growth. Uh, the, you know, to the growth. I did pull up the. Um, but every saw, you have to change a blade at some point. Yeah. Or sharpen it. Or sharpen it. Either way. Yeah. Back to Tom's comment about the law of tray-off. You know, um, I think the story was there in the, sh- uh, the sharpen the saw with a guy that wouldn't take time off to, to sharpen his saw. And even with all of his energy, uh, he wasn't. Uh, he started off the first day cutting uh, three times as many trees as anybody else, uh, but then gradually uh, everyone, even the slowest tree cutter, was was cutting, and he couldn't figure out what the deal was. And, well, he wasn't taking time to sharpen his saw, and uh, law of trade off right there. So life is full of to dos, right? I mean. You can get so, I, I, I think the number one culprit today in the world is distraction. And, and simply because there's so many things to do. And the, and the, and the real sharp person is going to sit down and go, okay, I got a million things I could do. I got to, I got to nail down the top three and I got to, I got to yeah. stay focused on that. Yes. What I, have the- a, I have a theory. I have a theory. That the reason that the pyramids and the math was so good back in the days of the ancient world were not because of aliens, excuse me, not because of aliens, because they didn't have cell phones and they got to sit around and think about things, okay? Think about, think about all the time they had to develop thought and look at angles and, and look at stars and not be distracted by the, all the crap going on around, right? I mean, there's some, there's some real interesting, intriguing okay, stuff behind I, that. Okay, so it's back up. So we didn't have something to distract them. So they just, that's right, exactly. So <laughs> okay, I got back up for a second. I don't know where, to, uh, 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 hey, Tom. Sorry, sorry about that. Hey, Tom, did huh? he say something about aliens building something? What are you talking about? Me? Yeah. I was talking about the... the Sharpen the saw. Right? No, no, but but you they, talked about the aliens. What did you say well, about? I, I I know you're making jest, but what was it? Some people believe that. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> Danny, have you have you ever read very much about the pyramids? Okay, just read just just about the mathematical formula built in pyramids. You're going to go. Wait a minute. This was six thousand years ago. Okay, it, it will blow your mind. Oh yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, but it will make your it will make your head spin around. Okay. So 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 some people think that aliens must have done it, huh? Well, they're just saying it's so advanced. Yeah. Because the pyramid's not even flat. 
it's concave. That'll that'll start your whole mind yeah. flow. It's yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty spectacular what they did back in the, those days. Paul, you had a you had a a, 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 a boyish grin. I don't know what that grin was. Just, just the whole alien thing is just like. <laughs> nothing, nothing, no biggie. Yep. The fact, the fact that we don't give ourselves credit is, is beyond me. Because, it, really, if if you're not distracted and you've got people looking at the stars and figuring out patterns and watching things day after day after day, they can come up with the math, right? They go, okay, the moon does this every single month at this time. It does. This star goes over here every single month at this time or the next month that does this they track those patterns and then they see patterns in the sky and then they could bring it down to where they live right and they worship it and they studied it and they wrote about it and they talked about it well yeah but they also thought like you know 500 years ago that the world was flat so that just tells you well how the hey actually hey actually i did read something that aristotle those guys you know, three, four, five hundred BC. They didn't through that period. They did not believe it was flat. It was something that was introduced in a period of time that went on for about three hundred years. Of uh, uh, that, uh, that that was being taught, and uh, so uh, yeah, I, I, I read that in a in a historical novel, historical fiction, a novel. Uh, three or four years ago and then did some research on it and I thought that was pretty interesting but uh, um, we got yeah, way considering, off considering never mind I don't want to get us off the subject but considering if you're standing on a flat surface and the moon's round so how do you figure you're on a flat world well never mind another day another seven day. habits of highly effective people yeah so sharpen the saw sorry about that yeah <laughs> The, uh, so what do you think about, uh, what do you remember about the Checklist Manifesto? Well, there was an interesting book about, especially about all the different medical things, you know, all the different things that they had to get right, if not they, you know, killed people and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I think that was, uh, I mean, that was the first one I, I, I was in here for. And I thought it was good because it really talked t- uh, talked about things that we miss. I mean, um you know, there's and there's many times we can you know, in each one of our jobs there's things we need to ask that we forget to ask. If it's just something simple for me, you pay in full or do you pay a or do you pay a month? It's yeah. a simple thing. Still something you gotta ask. But, uh, and, and and Paul's right on track, I would add to that. And the, the the caveat is when people make a checklist and they're done, that's always the way they're done. And oops, it's not updated for what's happening today. <clears throat> so the questions change, and they don't change the checklist, and so they're doing it wrong. Yeah. So the law changes, or the information Paul's required to obtain changes, like maybe credit score. I don't even know. But everyone, every profession got something where it changed. Yeah. And if you don't modify those checklists, then you're kind of like, it kind of, um, it, it's, it, it harms you. Yeah, I've got a, we're switching tomorrow in the mortgage industry we're switching um, our pricing platform what's that you're switching companies again you didn't let me finish we're switching uh, 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 pricing platforms where we price a loan and we're going uh, 
we're switching to a, a platform that I've used for years. So I pulled out a checklist and uh, they sent something out last week and for us to, uh, 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 a new guide. And sure, so I checked that to your point, Tom, uh, not to yours, Paul, to your point. The, uh, I, I, I pulled out my checklist. I went through the guide and uh, they had changed the process in this new version. And it's only been uh, six months that I've been off of this, of this one that we're going back to. And but the but I had to update my checklist, so uh, I went back to doing over the the last four years. Austin and Tony had taken over Eventbrite and running the Eventbrite, and I have been doing it. So, but I threw up and uh, a couple of, uh, some extra classes that I've been doing some stuff on you know business planning and goal setting and such, and um, pulled out an old. Eventbrite checklist that I had and went off of it didn't test it sent it out and the next day somebody let me know I've seen all these people opening it but nobody was registering until one guy about 10 o'clock texted me and said hey can't register for for your class Time to come find out I had not, um, there was something that wasn't on my checklist, had to do with the um, when ticket sales started and and ended. And uh, so um, had to add it to a checklist. Yeah, that was a, where I've, I've been a checklist person for a long time. That, along with Atomic Habits, those two were big game chamber chamber changes for me well just just very quick on checklist Hoover's was a library when i did audits of public companies had a 27 parts 27 boxes to check off to complete an audit the person might be getting an engagement letter from the client you know they hired all 27 27 steps you're done step six was do the audit <laughs> so the audit team would say, well, it's time for step six. While they're doing the checklist, they still do the audit. Okay, so, you know, it's like 27 steps, but all the work was in step six. The rest was billing and, you know, approvals and whatever. But without the 27, you couldn't get it approved to release the public. So that was it. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, good stuff. I was going to share something with y'all, but the host will not let me share, so I'll move on. Um, um, compound effect. What a great book. Most tasks to get to a completion are unexcitable, boring, but methodical. Say that again. You got that? That was in the book. Yeah, the books had like four, you know the things you went through that the that a lot of these uh, uh, effects right uh, to get were unexcitable. They they weren't very exciting. They were mundane. 
um, but they were necessary. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I pulled up the book here. Yeah, yeah, here it is. He says. You're only, he said, by the end of this book, or even before, I want you to know in your bones that your only path to success is through a continuum of mundane, unsexy, unexciting, and sometimes difficult daily dis disciplines compounded over time. I wrote that down. Y'all yeah. remember what, I think it was in the conclusion that James Clear wrote in Atomic Habits? The dangers of, of of developing good habits. You remember? Anybody remember? No. Boredom. Yeah. They become boring. They're not exciting. Yeah. You know, just what he was what uh, what he said right here. Yeah. See, till until I read that book, I did not realize that. So. Because my mentality was is that things you care about should be more exciting. And so I always drew the conclusion that when something became unexcitable and mundane, it probably wasn't something I really wanted to do. Now I find out the opposite. It's exactly what needs to be done yeah. in order to stay on track. And that accumulates over time. The payoff is down the road. Well, I've been hearing that for a long time. Yeah. What else out of a compound effect? I have been pulling up the books here, kind of looking through them a little bit. Um, you know, the compound that, effect. That, 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 the thing I got from it, and I'll shut up because I'm nope. talking a lot today, but the thing I got from that book was that if you really do do those things, there is a payoff. Yeah, he has my, my quick question on that is, now that we've read it and time to absorb, so why do we fail with that? Is it boredom? Because you got to do all the work up front? What do you think? I, I think we get distracted. Okay. Yeah. I think we get distracted. I think we don't give it enough time. Um, one of the reasons I like the 12-week year so, so well is that we have to give stuff time so that we can properly evaluate it and correct it. Um, you know, good to great, Jim Collins talked about those companies, by and large, had a robust evaluation correction process. They had what they called the, uh, uh, he, he had that flywheel. And um, uh, you, you implement something, you have an idea, you go through a process, you implement it, and then you evaluate and correct it. And, um, and you just keep doing the same boring thing over and over again. Um, if you're the, the deep visionary guy, then you better have somebody that'll keep doing the mundane for you. Uh, Chesney and Covey, one of the sons of Dr. Covey, wrote a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. And um, that's, um, my mind just went blank, but here, I've got it right here. Um, 
you know, in the four disciplines of execution, it's focus on the vitally important. And you think about, uh, uh, and, and I really believe that you, you, that we have to put this in small bites. We have to put it into, and in, 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 I know Darren talks about this. Uh, James Clear talks about it. Uh, that we, we we've got a big thing that we're doing, but we got it's it, we have to do a whole lot of little bitty things. Uh-huh. And so we focus on what's widely important. So let's say we have one one of those little things. What's widely important about getting that thing done? Got to focus on that. You have to act on what you can control, which are the lead measures. You have to keep a compelling scorecard. And guys, so I know a couple of you are familiar with the book Traction. And you know, there's eight or seven or eight components that he has for, for a business to have real traction. And one of them is data, that you're tracking your data. So the, the four disciplines of execution is focus on the widely important, act on the lead measures, keep a compelling scorecard, and create a, a accountability. So we come back to distractions. I'm not as distracted when I've got my wife telling me to focus on, on something. I've got Tony or Austin saying, hey, um, I've got Ryan, my loan partner. Um, we had him at, at this event we put on for Mary uh, over at Next Stage Realty today and um, or she put on and we were there uh, to announce the launch of the partnership and we brought Ryan in and he's our loan partner well he reminded me which is a way of accountability uh, about something on a loan that I need to do this afternoon so um so no one so uh, so Tom um, um, ask your question again. Why do you think we we fail at the checklist? I mean, is it yeah. again? Is it boredom? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think I'll add to. I think some are getting their own head. Like, got this. Don't need that checklist. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a reason for the checklist, but. You know, do we get lazy? Whatever that is. But that's what I was trying to do because people get readers go, man, this makes sense. And you see all this medical research about how checklists save lives or, you know, reduce search time, all that stuff. Um, pretty impressive. But then we don't do it. Well, and it's also that we, we pick up that checklist and we come up with that checklist. And I'll just take it into the whole thing around goal setting with, uh-huh. uh, and goal achieving. Goal achieving and goal setting is different. We set goals in our consciousness. We make checklists in our consciousness. It's a very conscious thing that we do. And then we set it aside. We make goals, but but we achieve goals. We make goal. We set goals in, 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 consciously, but we achieve goals unconsciously. We have to purposely go back to it and back to it and back to it uh, uh, to uh, to achieve that goal. The plan never works. Goals should be in concrete, plans are in sand. Time is not, it's not smart to put time tagged to a goal. The time is tagged to, a, this, is my, this is my dig into smart goals. I, I think there's, 
it's a horrible model that time needs to be in your plan and uh, so that you're never resetting a goal you're reworking your plan resetting well yeah i mean smart goals are good but by themselves they're dangerous i mean that's like one of the pillars okay it's kind of like when you study project uh project management you know you're trying to get to the end in the shortest number of steps the right steps it's not the shortest it's the least number of functions to get you there on time so people overlook that and go, oh, I just want to get there quickly. Well, we know that can be a formula for disaster. You're trying to get there at the shortest period of time, doing all the right things to get there. Atomic habits. What else about atomic habits do we re do we remember? Not remember much more on that one, unfortunately. You can't accomplish goals without some sort of uh, built-in habits that you're willing to uh, create for yourself. And again, those habits just become steps, right, of things you do over and over and over to get you to the goal. So I kind of see it as a combination of the system, creating a system of some sort of habit to get you where you want to be. And tiny, tiny little things. Really teeny tiny. Yeah, that's you know when I first read Atomic Habits, I'm thinking big boom, okay. Yeah. But it, but Atomic is small, it's, minute. It's subatomic. It's subatomic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let me let me also add that you know if you're coming with a habit, make sure that there's a correlation of the habit to the outcome you want, because people overlook. They think, got it, if I do this, I mean, is there a correlation? If there's not a correlation, probably need to reconsider what that habit is. I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, don't waste handshakes. <clears throat> so I went to networking, did I get any leads? Did I get what I needed? Just keep going. Well, maybe there's not a correlation. Maybe it's the wrong, <coughs> you know, connection. So... And make sure yeah, you're vetting that also. Not just, I got a new habit, but is it actually going to correlate to my outcome at one? And I, I think you said in the book too, Tom, Danny, that um, start replacing your bad habits with new good habits was sure. one of the big big thrusts of the book, right? Was to yeah, you can't really drop a, a habit without replacing it with something else. You'll just transfer it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went from a vanilla milkshake to a chocolate. I figured that was pretty good deal. <laughs> you have a new habit. New habit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did pull up the book here, and and he talks about uh, in his cl con conclusion. I have a few things highlighted, but he. He has a graph, behaviors are effort, effortless versus behaviors are difficult. And behaviors, so the, uh, the two things he says here, so uh, effortless versus difficult. Obvious is 
effortless, he says, invisible is difficult. Attractive versus unattractive, easy versus hard, satisfying versus unsatisfying. I've got that marked in a different color. I think I wanted to uh, reprocess that. It's, I don't think it really makes sense. But he says, if you want to push your good habits toward the left side of the spectrum by making them obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying, or he says, you want to do that. Meanwhile, you want to cluster your bad habits toward the right side by making them invincible, unattractive, hard, and unsatisfying. Got highlighted, success is not a goal to reach or a finish line to cross. It is a system to improve and endless process to refine. Well, that's not the truth, or that is the truth. It is remarkable, it's something you said uh, earlier, Tom. Uh, it is remarkable that you can, what you can build if you just don't stop. It's remarkable the business you can build if you don't stop working. It's remarkable the body you can build if you don't stop training. It's remarkable the knowledge you can build if you don't stop learning. He goes on through fortune and friendships. He says, and here we go. Uh, uh, small habits don't add up they compound so you know back to Darren Hardy and, and what he said uh, that part about the um, that it's remarkable the body you can build if you don't stop training I read about a year ago that the average 70 year old Hardy and I were talking about this this morning. The average 70-year-old has more undeveloped muscle cells than he or she has developed at any one time in their lifetime. The, the exception is, and it's really above, uh, more than just average, because the exception to that is an Olympic athlete or a special warfare um, uh, soldier. That so uh, everybody on this call has more muscle cells that aren't developed, and, and a lot of people have excuse. Well, as you get older, we just lose muscle cells. I am not seventy yet. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's why you've got even more. Yeah, I'm not seventy either. So um, that's very good to know, Dan. The. Uh, uh, one book I'm going to pound on, on you friends, you, you people in this inner circle, uh, is a book that's coming out. I'm going to read it first, but I've been listening to the guy's podcast, and it's called Outlive. And um, it's by a guy named Dr. Peter Atia. He's been studying, he's been uh, gathering studies for, uh, they've been uh, over the last 30, 50 years of aging and people that are living to age and with the medical advances how old we should be living right now and that we're not and but it's mainly because quality of life of uh, uh, you know people get into their 80s and 90s and they can't walk well they don't have good muscle tone uh, uh, for an 80 or 90 100 year old people that are living to uh, to be uh, into their 90s and 100 um, 
like like a friend of ours, his dad lived to be right at 101, but he, his quality of life wasn't that good. My uh, uh, somebody else I know, uh, he lived uh, to be 99, died earlier last uh, last year, and he um, uh, uh, at 92 he said, I can't do this anymore. I don't know how to do this anymore. And uh, so, anyway, the the book it's got a lot of medical backgrounds called Outlive. Uh, uh, I've I've got I've I've got a pre copy of it, but I've got a couple of chapters that that was sent to me. Um, I'll, I'll send that out to everybody. I already already told you I sent it to you, but it's it's, it's really pretty interesting. And um, so, all right, well let's uh, let's finish it. Did you get the piano tuner taken care of, Beth? The piano tuner had to give me a lot of information, and he got paid, and he's left the building. So it's <laughs> nice and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he came at 11. He's been hitting piano keys for three hours. It's amazing. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he your plug. Yeah. Now, that's mundane. now that's mundane and unexcitable. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Hey, uh, it I'm going to step out. I've got a call at the 3 o'clock, and I need it. All right. All right, Tom. Well. All right, we'll see Bye, you. Tom. Thank you, sir. See you. See you Friday. Yep. The, uh, at the end of Atomic Habits, uh, uh, let's finish real quick, selling a crisis. Uh, any comments on that? say is about my company I was working for when the pandemic hit they were a contract company and they were so worried about um, losing all their contracts they wanted to keep everybody employed and have a reason to you know be in business that they became uber flexible so creative so out of the box they didn't care if I was on their platform or FaceTime or you know just on the phone with somebody they were very flexible and most of these companies are very inflexible most of the time. They really jumped on it. And they made it through the crisis. Yeah, and and, and they and that's one of the things there in the book, I think you were, I assume you were referring to, that in a crisis, you, crisis, you kind of do within ethical uh, uh, boundaries, of course, but you got to do what it takes to get it done. Exactly. And usually there's just paralysis out there, especially yep. if this was not a big pharma, but they still have 70,000 employees worldwide. They're pretty big. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Herdy, I just put, uh, hey, everybody, I meant to do it earlier. Uh, I put the link to the next book there in the, uh, in the chat. I learned that you can hold your price by offering options like payment plans and extensions to businesses that give them options that's in a crisis give companies an option good idea yeah very good Ernie. Uh, you know if you if instead of discounting yourself you just say hey i'll charge you a thousand bucks but i'll let you do it for payments and and take the pressure off you saying no right mm -hmm. yeah the at the end of invite you to go back to invite I will invite you to go back to the end of Atomic Habits and he has a newsletter you can sign up for and 
he mentioned some really good books in that newsletter. Uh, sends out a lot of quotes. If you're not on his newsletter, it's worth reading. I think it's a once a week. I get the short one that comes on Thursday, and it's like his three, two, one. Yes. The most information <laughs> on the on the web in the smallest amount, and he does like three quotes, two things from other people, and then he's got one question. Yes. This is three, two, one, and it's it's very good. I never miss it. Yeah, it is. It is really, really good. So, well, guys, there's the link. To the book, uh, Beth Beth already has it. Uh, yeah, I've been. Uh, well, this is the workbook. I got the book online, and then I went ahead and decided to buy the workbook because I thought, with the online, I can't underline things and I can't emphasize things very. Well. I know you can highlight in the book, but yep. you know, for oh, me, I get it. Yep. I need paper. Mm-hmm. I want the workbook too, Beth? That's what I'm going to do. Yep. Yeah, the, I like, I like manual like books. Full of things to write your notes and things you that. think about. That's what I'm going to do. Mind controls matter. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Well, I, I think y'all know I've been using that in, in some of my coaching and teaching and for my personal growth for four or five years. And I use her app daily. I, I'm actually right now. I did it for a while. I got mad at the app back in 21. Didn't use it at all in 22. Picked it back up, and I'm on day number 20. I think today was day number 27. And uh, you know, back in the app uh, to help. Uh, it, it, it actually helps build new, new neural pathways. The five steps she talks about in the book, uh, she has an app that she gives lessons and leads through also. So as I stated last week, that was one of my lines, my radio show voiceovers in Dallas said, welcome Hardy Burke from Deep Ellum. Kick up your feet, turn your brain on. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah, kick up your feet and turn your brain on, boy. Um, You can use that, Danny, to introduce the book if you like. Yeah, yeah, there's a, bumper sticker on a car that I see every once in a while. It's not too late to start thinking. Yeah. <laughs> or just do what IBM did, think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, think pad. Guys, enjoyed it. We will uh, see you, talk to you soon. Um, uh, if I can do anything for you, don't hesitate to, to reach out. I'll have a great day. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye.